Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Jack Dripper. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration, communist indoctrination, communist subversion, and the international communist conspiracy to sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. Cue the theme song. Confirmed definite missile track. Commence evasive action right. Looks like we're in a shooting war. Oh, hell. I think there's some kind of deviated prevert. I think General Ripper found out about your preversion and that you were organizing some kind of mutiny of preverts. Now move. Dimitri, I'm sorry that jamming a radar and flying so low, but they're trained to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's initiative. Well, boys, I reckon this is it. Nuclear combat toe-to-toe with the Ruskies. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. All right. Second show, kind of technically, of 2021, but kind of also the first. Meant to be the first in the season, right? And we're going to do way back, going time traveling, 1964, Dr. Strangelove. That's right. Stanley Kubrick directing. We got Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, Slim Pickens, some other faces that surely you would recognize. James Earl Jones. Yeah, James Earl Jones does have a little bit piece in this. Young, young James Earl Jones, who is still alive and is in Coming to America too. That's right. As the father. I, I'm shocked he's still alive because he was old. He seemed like he was in his mid-40s in this. Actually, yeah, he, did, he didn't seem like he was a young, a young buck. But, no, um, he's he got to be like 100 of, now. He didn't have some of his later life heft on him either. So, so this movie, how old is this movie? This is our oldest movie? Because we have uh, some think, in the, we have some that got to be older that are coming up, right? I don't know. We'd be around the same time. I think oh we, no! It's a Wonderful Life was in the forties. So so. Oh, oh yes, true, yes. true. St- yeah, true. and so also the one thing I noticed Jesus, in this movie we just did that, was, just did that, that episode. What the <laughs> hell? I was the thinking special, back. I was like, hmm. The special effects are horrible in this. I'm, and whether that's for <laughs> comical value or not, I I don't know. I'll have to read about that later but he made 2001 after he made this that's so how many years after four years because he always has four years usually four or five years between a movie so it just takes him that long to make them yeah he's super perfectionist i think we talked a bit about this in our shining episode oh yes yeah how many takes he does to get the right stuff yeah, and in this, there was no different, apparently. Uh, a lot of that stuff in the uh, the war room. You can't fight in the war room. <laughs> a lot of that stuff was, uh, uh, yeah, like days and days and days of shooting and him making them do it over and over and over again. Yeah, there's some well, pretty interesting stories. For. Yeah, there's some pretty interesting stories about this. But basically, there is a brigadier general named <laughs> Jack D. Ripper, the Dripper, Um, he's at an Air Force base and he subverts the typical process for launching and releasing nuclear weapons. So, um, before too long, he's got some targets, um, planes going at targets in the USSR. And we have a couple of different storylines that we're following, um, because we're not only at the army base with Peter Sellers, but we're also in the war room with Peter Sellers. Uh, and Peter Sellers is everywhere in this movie, playing three characters. And basically, it's the threat of nuclear war as the president of the United States and some senior military officials try and figure out this situation of 
Are we going to really drop a bomb on the USSR in the midst of the Cold War? Mm-hmm. Um, so funny thing about this movie, based on a book, this was supposed to be straight drama. Um, it just so happened that Stanley Kubrick found some of the military situations in the book so comical that he was like, we're just going to roll with it and we'll make this movie into a, a weird comedy. I actually forgot it was based on a book till you just mentioned it. Yeah. So I didn't know that. Um, I hadn't known that before any other time I'd, I'd saw this. I wondered at times there's certain performances in the movie where you could see it being a straight performance but then so much of it is so is so weird and slapstick at the same time it's kind of an odd mix the best thing is to take those slapstick moments and have straight acting over top of them that always makes it way better that's why leslie nielsen was always so great because he play it straight in the weirdest situations and it just is like such a juxtaposition it's so great (laughs) and uh peter sellers was supposed to play the slim pickens character uh on the airplane yeah, but the, he the uh, he was too exhausted and couldn't. He sprained couldn't, his ankle. Actually, he could, he, yeah, he, he got hurt. And, and the, he was having trouble with the Texas accent as well. If I yeah, recall. he couldn't find he couldn't at least in the uh, in the HBO movie about Peter Sellers' life, they made it appear like he he was struggling to find that last character and was never happy with what he'd come up with. So he told Kubrick. He wasn't going to fucking do it. He's like, fuck it. You get three. If but they paid enough, him a shitload of money, though. Well, they, they gave him a lot of um, leeway on this movie, too, because like Kubrick's such a perfectionist, but apparently um, Peter Sellers was given the license to ad-lib a fuck ton, a metric fuck ton. Yeah. Um, which is weird, but apparently Kubrick um, respected him that much. And I, I, you know what? I was thinking through a lot of this movie... The Doctor Strangelove character himself doesn't like really appear until more than halfway through the film. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, um, yeah. closer to the end. You see him, but he never speaks till near the end. So like, it's always interesting to think of a movie where you got a guy like Peter Sellers playing three roles, and then you ask yourself, like you know Eddie Murphy dressing up in the fat suits and playing all those characters, and other movies where you have one guy playing multiple characters. What is it about? what can make that great or really horrible like at times i found myself just asking like did peter sellers need to play all of these um i love the the captain on the air force base um mandrake i just love his 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 shtick it's really funny and him as the president is really funny too um I don't know. I, I don't enjoy him as much as Strange Love, and so it was around there that I was like, would it have made a big difference in the movie if he hadn't have done all three? Or is the, is it so much of that awesome Peter Sellers comedy like is cutting that out a huge mistake? I think the difference for me is that like those Eddie Murphy, like the Doctor Doolittle or whatever that is, the you know the one that he did, um, and a bunch of the ones like that, like the Mike uh, Michael Myers Nutty, shit Nutty in all Professor. of his movies, right? Yeah. yeah. The problem yeah. with that, I feel, is that they're they're always relying heavily on costume, and they also seem to be like gimmicky. Like there's something there's each one of those characters has like a really kitschy thing about his personality. Like I'm the dumb guy, like or fat I'm bastard. the big fat guy, or I'm the yeah, yeah. fat bastard, yeah, and Doctor Evil. Yeah. Whereas like Peter Sellers, the thing is, is that the president and the captain don't like. They're not so far apart. There's not like big makeup or anything else. It's really just costume. And he's like 
clearly bald as the president or whatever, right? But that's not where he relies on. He's a great comedic actor. And like you're saying, with all the improvisation and everything else, like he's clearly, um, he's clearly a master at what he does. So I think the difference that makes it good, or I find it good anyways, um, is that he's like skilled in his delivery. He's creating new characters. He's not relying on any of the other uh, costume or, or gimmick. Yeah, see, his both his president and his um, captain character, uh, Mandrake and the president, they're not straight edge, but they're they're not like over the top. The president is kind of like really a soft, gentle man, but he's not like ridiculous in any one kind of mannerism, like Strange Love is, especially at you know by the end. I can fuck my fear. <laughs> so. That's- that's the only thing, though, too, I, I found that I didn't really enjoy the Strangelove character except for the last little bit. I found... Because it's... Yeah. yeah. It's not silly until the last bit. He's also it's, minimal. Like, he's really yeah. not a big character. No. Well, I'd say no, but then once the end does kind of roll around, it's he's actually focused on quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. They ask him a, a couple of questions end. and... They like his idea. A lot of the the men in the, <laughs> in the bunker like his idea men. of yeah, yeah. Ten, 10 women for one guy so it's that so they can we, we populate the planet. And he's saying it in a very scientific way, but they're all taking it as a, a monogam, monogamy's out the window and they just get to bang the shit out of it. And he's, I think he even says the women yeah. have to be extremely attractive. So that yeah. the men will want to sleep with them and yes, they can make more babies. Of course, in the gene pool, there must be at least five to one. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that was. 10 to is, one. Is it 10 to one? Yeah. It was 10 to one. That wasn't a bad strange love. Yeah. That's pretty good. So, so Brent mentioned this before that, you know, some of the goofier uh, performances can be really great if it's played against straight people or straight people against other, other kind of goofies. Um, George C. Scott's um, uh, character in this movie is is one of the weirder. Um, and so when I was doing a bit of research on this movie, I was reading that um, Kubrick might have even like said, like, this is just a warm up activity. Play this totally goofy and weird. And and Scott like leaned into that shit because he was like, it's a warm up. It's never going to make it anywhere. And apparently a lot of those takes were used and that kind of made him salty for a, for a while afterwards. No kidding. Yeah, like I, that that's kind of weird cuz like he thought even though it was going to be a comedic movie, he was I think he thought he was going to be like one of the more serious roles. Um but instead it ended up being like just super goofball like falling backwards on the floor and rolling up and uh, His dialogue <laughs> though was really goofy too. Like when whenever he was talking with the president his dialogue was always of someone who is not that bright, but very confident. Like he talked about, whenever he talked about, he like fights with the the uh, the Russian prime minister or the Russian ambassador. They, he like tries to plant a camera on him, and I don't think know, he they, was planting a rest- camera. You see him later taking pictures with his. Uh, yes, yeah. but I think that he was planting that camera on him but then the Russian Prime Minister had his own camera and he was doing exactly what that guy was trying to set him up to yeah, for. Really. That, that's what I thought too. That was my impression. Just because of how it, eagerly he got up he's like, oh, give me your 
Mr. President. <laughs> yeah, he's like, look what I found on him. Yeah. <laughs> trying to take pictures of the war room. Of the big it did, screen. It did look like the, he was planning it. He always talks screen. about the big screen, too. The big board. Look at the big board. That's so good. <laughs> he, he's great in the movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. He, he's like he one, of my, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Me too. I, I like his dialogue and I, I love his confidence and enthusiasm. And he's an idiot, but he is so confident and enthusiastic. But he's dumb. Yeah. He yeah. has terrible ideas. Yeah, but dumb he's ideas. so excited about them. Yes. And he's like confident that they will work. Yeah. And he reminds me of like that, that like someone that definitely people get a long way with that attitude and that, that confidence. He's got a, like, so, he's just like hell bent on fucking all out war. Yeah. Oh, and he yeah. also is sleeping with his secretary or whatever. And that's funny too, how that all plays out. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he like tells her to get out of there or whatever. Or, uh, he, he's talking to her on the phone all the time and he's like, I gotta go baby. Uh, we're, all that like, stuff would have been done in one take. Like where she's yeah. relaying the information to the general on the phone. Oh, he oh, says yeah, they're yeah. not there. He called uh, military command and relayed this information. Yes, I'll <laughs> well, tell him. That, and that's <laughs> why it sucks with Kubrick because he doesn't do a lot of, and especially in these older movies, he doesn't do any cutting. So you have to do the whole scene like a fucking stage play every time. Yeah. You have to do it. And if he doesn't like you do it 30 times, you have to do it from beginning to end like 30 fucking times. <laughs> Jesus. Must yeah. be so tough. Like I feel bad for those actors for sure. Because I would love to know how many times he uses like the first five takes, and doesn't use like the last twenty-five. I bet you there's a huge percentage of the time he's using earlier takes. I would... well, look. There's a who's the director? There's a director that's known for doing the exact opposite. Is it um, Clint Eastwood does like two apparently. Eastwood does, and I think there's somebody else. Um, but that's the thing that they're like basically like, boom, boom, we got it, let's move on. And yeah, the movies are good, and actors. they're successful fucking directors. So I wonder what I wonder if you're not totally right actually that he's like not taking the first couple snips. It's Maybe the thirty funny. is a dominance thing for him. Maybe it's like a weird fetish. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> so Sorkin and. Uh, and uh, Fincher, Fincher is a guy who does similar to Kubrick, and that that beginning scene in Social Network, they shot 99 times, and uh, that when I say 99 times, that was the number, and uh, what's his name was mad they didn't do 100. He was like uh, the actor, the main actor. I can't remember what his name is. Who plays uh, Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg? Yeah, he's like, why are we gonna do another one? We may as well fucking do a hundred. And they're like, no, 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 we got it. And he's got like, you it. fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? We did, we did ninety nine. You're not gonna do one more. No, like, no, we got it. So, I mean, that's crazy. Like, oh yeah, I remember when we were shooting our thing, Brent. I think everyone was getting really frustrated at me because I think we shot thirteen, and uh, uh, so I, I get, I, I, and I guess you're just. I think what I was doing, and maybe that's what they're doing, is I'm looking for something that I'm not seeing maybe i like it too like as somebody that was like acting for you doing that i liked it more because i like more material out there there's a chance that i'll hit something that's I what i anyways. felt like i felt like i could find something i wasn't i hadn't quite seen in different sections yet or whatever like just a way a line is said or whatever i mean i guess that was that See, must I be think, what they're doing i think if you were shooting and constantly looking for inspiration that would get annoying really quick because you'd be like yes. make up your fucking mind but if you're shooting like the same thing to get those moments those beats perfect 
and you like you're in your head you're like you got we got these this first three quarters nailed we just need that last piece and so then you're just watching for that i i could see that going time and time again um yeah and you're trying to get it from a different angle each time you're you want to just make sure that each line you get like one good one from each angle i don't know i but he always is shooting like huge masters for like 50 times so here's a question do you want a director like that if you're filming if you're an actor each of your actors and you're doing a sex scene do you want more takes or less takes well according to alec baldwin those are awful and he hated doing them that's why i ask otherwise it's a clear yes right but you got to be a little bit awkward but i mean if you're in bed with who charlie steering or fucking somebody like that you probably want to go soak that up yeah, yeah, yeah was- I'm sure it's super robotic by the time you're there. Like uh, uh, emotional scenes too would just be like rough. You wouldn't want to be like, okay, let's do it one more time. Cry, good, <laughs> s- start sobbing. It'd be like, no, we're not doing that again. I think of like Annette Benning in um, American Beauty. Those like where she's smacking herself, calling herself baby, going into oh, hysterical yeah. tears, falling on the ground. I'm like, how many times did she do that? Once. Gotta be once, uh, maybe twice. If she I don't know. Like, or the cry masturbate from single white female. Oh yeah. So apparently, uh, the uh, scene where where uh, the mother and six feet under at the in the very first season freaks out and throws the dirt into the uh, into the cask onto the casket and like and like has snot running down her face and has the meltdown. Yeah. She did that three or four times, and the actors were saying that she did it as hard every fucking time like nate like fucking fell apart every time dude that's uh, crazy Rudy. thinking about that that's, stuff that's crazy. good acting yeah. that's just good acting that's just someone who's just they can do it when they need it yeah like i just and rewatched some, the episode of sopranos where carmella tells tony to get out when she finds out he's been sleeping with the russian with one leg. oh she's such hysterics in that scene she is amazing oh. in that can't scene. it's her breathing Elko is a gangster yeah. she is yeah. so good She's like sucking in the breath and she's trying to like rage and, and she's like, get out. Yeah, she's yeah. Crazy. I love that scene too. And I buy it all. It's yeah, oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. 100%. 100% I, I think, Utah. I do think, I do think the performances, <laughs> the performances and the characters in this movie are really good. But what I do keep feeling, because I watch it twice, once with each of you guys actually. And I don't know if you guys felt this way. I felt it both times watching it though, but these scenes um the the material and the humor is not enough to support how long the fucking scenes are no some of no, these and we were talking f- about this that the scenes yeah. are crazy long yeah like five or six minutes and you can only hear him saying to yuri on the phone you know like those funny lines but yes, he'll just dimitri yeah. I I feel sad too, Dimitri. No, I feel just as sad as you. Why can't I feel as sad as you? Like that's funny, but you can't have that go on for six no, minutes. No, it's funny for that's a skit. Seconds. It's, it's funny for a skit bit, like seeing that once and be like, man, Peter Sellers, that guy, like he just did the president uh, versus the Soviet president bit. It was really good. But then you got that bit plus the next bit that comes up plus the other stuff that comes up. Um, I think you're right. Some of those longer scenes, it, it, it affects the pacing of the movie. It feels like it slows it down and drags it out. And this is only and a 90 minute movie. I know it's a short movie. So I feel like these scenes, the, the movie feels long because of that. Yeah. And it shouldn't, this movie should be quicker. This movie should probably be 20 minutes shorter. That fucking, um, like for example, when they show the codes, 
and it's like this code, this code, this code, this code, this code. Like if you ever hear somebody be like, man, people really treat audiences like they're dumb these days. Same back then, apparently, because that fucking scene is obnoxious. Yeah, and there's a lot of the scenes of the the plane flying. Yes, and and, and, it's, and it's it's awful. At least they to used look all at. the same footage. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I I <laughs> yeah, actually so wondered if it over and over and over again. <laughs> I wondered if that was part of the joke that once they like knew they couldn't make it look good, they were just like, doesn't matter, and they leaned into it and just used this weird fucking model it, on a background. It could screen. be part of the joke, but it's not funny. No, and that like so, but like extended scenes of that shit going on and being drawn out and uh, it, it 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 bothered me it bothered me on this walk on this viewing because i do it's think like so the, the performances some of them are like really good super good yeah oh yeah um, most of the like the guy who plays the ambassador for russia is great the yeah. the uh the guy the one thing that really annoyed me though is the guy who started this all tripper is his name ripper jack d ripper, ripper. Jack D. Ripper. See, they must have got that from. Uh, they must have stole that name from for uh, Three's Company. They had to, because it's Jack Tripper, right? Or, or Jack the Ripper. Oh yeah, maybe that too. <laughs> but anyways, he was okay in his role, but the directing was so bad. They yeah. had the camera up his nose. They were shooting from underneath his chin, up his fucking nose, for these long, long. takes. And like the liquid thing or the fluid thing is funny at first, but it's like at some point it's not anymore. And the only thing that's funny in those moments, not even him with the gun is really that funny anymore. Him like firing. The things that are funny is Peter Sellers, the way he reacts to him and how he at first, at first he's trying to humor him and then he tries to get hard nosed with him and that doesn't work. And then at the end, when all this shit's gone down, he's sitting on the couch with him and he's trying to soft soap him again. And he's like, hey, why don't you give me the codes? And then I'll have the codes too. And if they torture us, then I won't tell either or whatever. Yeah. That shit's really funny. But yeah. but like the, on the, that guy isn't funny. Uh, his shit's not funny. It's, it gets worn really thin, his craziness. I, I Yeah. I can't disagree with that. Like, I know he's supposed to be the straighter edge, but then he says the crazy stuff and just those like psychotic look, close up, cigar smoking, long exposition. Shit. It's just, it's yeah, you're right. Weird is the word, and and not in the good way that you'd want. It's not like the movie tone and acting is making me feel strange. It's no, it's bad directing is what it seemed, felt like to me this time. A lot of the directing in this with especially that scene I found was bad. That section or that part of the movie. Still yeah. It's a little, it's a little tough to stomach with the way it is. I don't mind that shot being used as maybe just like an establishing shot or like a cutaway shot or something like that. Yeah. It's it's not necessary, but I don't mind it. But that, that camera angle it fucking drives home. But it's it's the theme of this movie is take an idea and then fucking stick on it way too long. It's yeah. funny that you say that because yeah, I cannot believe a movie this short feels this long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, this felt very similar to. Uh, um, it's just like this is not a long movie. Uh, I tried watching Bill and Ted's and the new Bill and Ted's, and both of them are like half, like ninety minutes long. And they both feel like they're three hours fucking long. God. I, 
they do. They're tear. I can't. It's hard to get through. It was the hard to get through one? both of them. The new one's like real bad too. Well, I think we all expect. Starts that. off okay. It but starts then, off like they're gonna they're gonna make fun of themselves, but then they the mo- yeah they break the rules of Bill and Ted time travel. They do. Oh, like every scene, every scene. Yeah, they there's do. alternate futures, infinite alternate futures and realities. Oh. And I'm because I keep running into themselves on a timeline that I'm that I'm guessing they don't have to like actually live through themselves. Every other time it was like at the start of Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted show up from before and then we get to see them do that exact same thing. And that happens like a couple of times with a couple of things. And so I don't know. I don't want to talk about Bill and Ted right now. We should do <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because Colin and I had slightly different opinions of it, I think. so. Of the or- yes, of, I believe really? we did. The, the original one, yeah, yeah. The original, yeah. So maybe we'll prioritize that for February or March right, or something well, like we definitely, that. We should, we should also, by the way, before I forget, do A Fish Called Wanda. I was thinking about that yesterday. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. Good, good, That's good a great plan. idea. So, okay, so as always when I'm watching movies that are a little bit older, I'm trying to figure out what was like so groundbreaking and, and you know, what do you what do you give an easy pass? Something like people in the 60s, this movie, um, its subject matter must have been shocking at the time. Yeah, well, that, that's, yeah, and it, and it was supposed to be. That's what was topical for sure. Yeah, like I think um, JFK was assassinated the year this was, or the... I think it was there the was a screening before. actually on the day. Yeah, they they delayed the release of this just a little bit so as not to have to face um, face deal deal with that kind of press. Um, yeah, it's um, and I mean in the height of the Cold War, I mean it was like the duck and cover, get under your desk and kiss your butt goodbye kind of days. So interesting, they made like a satirical movie about that when this was all kind of going on. Yeah, and that's yeah. why everyone said it was such genius. I mean, I guess it would be like. You know, making a comedy about you know nine eleven, like the year after nine eleven happened, or something. Or I, I mean, I'm trying. Like, who wants to fucking see that movie right now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. But I guess if you're making it funny, then you're giving those people who are living through it the levity of it, or whatever. Well, that's what I that mean, Netflix that thing, that Death to Twenty Twenty, or whatever. I think that's the idea about that. Yeah. They basically yes. go over the last year and just like kind of fucking make fun of it. all the shit that's happened and uh it's a different spin i guess and Maybe then all of a sudden they get need. to black lives matter and then the, you hear the record scratch and then they don't do any jokes and they get super serious all of a sudden that was weird what is yeah. uh what what does alan that was say? fucking weird what when if it bends it's funny if it breaks it's not funny <laughs> it's not funny <laughs> and yeah. he just says that jokes are um tragedy plus time that's all they yes. are. He's like, yeah. once the right amount of time has gone by, you can make fun of the tragedy. And if it's if that's you his bend character it, in the Woody Allen movie Crimes of Mr. I love that movie. So do I. We should do it because I that hope one. that movie holds up. But we should yeah, do. A Woody, can't we, find it. we should do a Woody Allen month. Man, we got some that's good ideas. Idea. Look at 2021 coming out of the gate. We got all Ooh, kinds of it's things. Be good Ooh. guys. Jack Tripper, Sopranos, all that kind of stuff. We're talking <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> this is good shit. I think good, it's good important business. <laughs> next, I mean, next order of business. Um, it is hard. It is this movie is hard to look at now from from our perspective. Definitely, I feel like that that's where this movie has its biggest flaws. Like I am no less uh, or more fearful of nuclear war. I feel figure pretty much at any time it could still just be like snap of the fingers, we're going crazy. So like the fear of that is here for me, but maybe it's just. It's been a fear for 50, 60 years now. So 
it's just not not as impactful. Um, I'm I more know, scared I, of I climate that, change than I am nuclear war. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, climate yeah. change would be a movie to make fun of, like today. That would be the bigger. What are yeah, you that's what about? I mean. We have the day after tomorrow or whatever. But I mean, look what the stuff with this. I mean, this was back when the whole stuff where they were making fun of the Russians and stuff being in the war room and stuff like that would have been a huge deal. Like just the the whole the way Russia and the U.S. was back then, it was like the the red threat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that that was a big deal. Nowadays, oh, yeah. it, that it's doesn't the same really thing mean anything. Any... People socialism now is all that McCarthyism and everything else came out of that. It was yeah, all it just doesn't mean anything today. But if you but if you had like what would be funny today, like for us, would be if you had like uh you know someone who was like uh what well, what's the girl's name Greta. Greta, oh, yeah. I, uh, I was going to say Greta Van Fleet first, but that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> Greta the... Greta, Greta Fat, Fat, Thornburg? Thornburg. Like, Thornburg. The little Isn't climate it? change girl. Yeah, it would be like her I hanging I feel bad not like knowing her name. She's a... So do I. Thornburg. She deserves to have Thornburg. a name known. Yeah, Thornburg. It would be like her hanging with like an oil tycoon or something, and them like having <laughs> to be stuck in a room together. I mean, that's kind of what the whole Russian thing was. And, uh... I don't know. It just it, it's too. It just feels like the scenes are too long. the The scenes are way too long. The joke you get the joke, and then the joke keeps going, and then the joke keeps going. Which so, which has the maybe unintended effect that it makes it seem like there's not as good meat in the story because they have to yeah. drag out things too long, which don't end up being funny. And it's, it's like a pretty simple story. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, there's not much to it. Nominated cool. for a couple of awards too. This got nominated for four Oscars. With special effects? No, special effects. Not <laughs> not one of them. Best picture, best director, best screenplay ad- adaptation, and best actor for Peter Sellers. Zero. Well, wins. I'd give it to Peter Sellers for sure. Yeah, he deserves that. He lost. What? Yeah, he, no, they didn't win Did... any of those Oscars. Well, Peter should have fucking won. That's yeah, I wonder. Shame. I wonder what he uh, what he missed out on. Who he lost to? Yeah, that's crazy. Interesting film. It is really an interesting movie. Uh, like, it doesn't even stand out to me as like a time a period piece or anything. Like, it's just not that what it's about. I guess it's like some of the seriousness for me goes away. I know it's a satire, um, so it's not supposed to be serious. But the seriousness of the messaging and the undertones is a little bit just dulled on me now um both because of how the movie is turning out to me these days and because it's just not as shocking anymore so i i can certainly recognize like some of the some of the accomplishments and achievements that are made in this movie but like the acting the characters stuff like that and 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 if the stories about um kubrick are true with how he kind of tricked people around to getting getting them to do what he needed for the film that's really interesting too but. I think I watched this when I was younger and um, just, you know, I not knowing that much, but knowing that this was like what you'd call a classic film, one of the best films of all time or Stanley Kubrick movie that I that I really um, watched it with different eyes and uh, and had a different appreciation for it even back in the 80s and the 90s. But uh, I mean, it would be the same with Citizen Kane, like. I, I watched Citizen Kane over Christmas, and uh, I don't know if uh, we're ever going to do it for the show, but 
Well, we might, so you can't well, say. All right, Fate, I, won't, I, mean, yeah. I won't. gave I'm, away everything there. <laughs> anyways, uh, well, I mean, we could go into further detail on that. But like this, <laughs> like Brent, you had never seen it before. No, I've not seen it before. Okay, so as a person who'd never seen it before, um, what was that like? Because well, you mean, must have the, heard of this a million times. You saw clips of it, and oh like yeah, legends. no, I've like I'd Legend. seen a bunch of this. Um, yeah, and you saw Slim Pickens riding the riding the nuclear bomb, and you saw. Oh yeah, I mean that stuff. You see, I knew that uh, Doctor Strangelove like was half possessed by the Nazi side, or like yeah, like, yeah. Just, like subconscious Nazi or whatever. I knew some things about it, but I didn't really know. I knew it was about the bomb. I didn't. I didn't know first thing that Jack. Dripper um, <laughs> sends those planes to drop the bomb and, and authorize the codes. Like, I didn't even know that much about the movie. I just knew that there was a nuclear stream kind of going through it. But the thing for me that, that kills it is those long scenes because otherwise, I like the comedy. Like, George C. Scott for me is probably my favorite part of this movie. I think he's fucking hysterical, man. Yeah, me too. Watching him is a like I would go back and just watch those scenes and be happy. But Peter so Sellers he, is amazing. Um, like you said, the acting and and I think the comedy in this movie definitely stands up. Um, it's those long scenes that are the problem for me. So seeing it for the first time, that's what stood out was. But not giving anything away. But there's some other movies that we've done that I found the same problem with. For this like dated uh like kind of series that we're doing for these old movies i yeah. think it may just be a symptom of that time where these i would say i would also say though that the all of the stuff on the plane pretty much i i i could have done without i don't even know if you need to see any of that stuff on the plane it's so boring and dry and nothing really happens they're going through their their otherwise the you bomb. only have two sets though Otherwise, yeah, I know. you have Jack Ripper's office and then the war room. That's it. Yeah. That's so if okay, you take up the plane, I know, this, but this like, should what be a play is, it? is what it should be. Like, you know that, you know, the, um, the fucking Hamilton on Disney that you can watch. Yeah. That's what this should have been because this is really it. just three sets. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. But like, think, think, think. If you removed all of this stuff on the plane, though, guys, think about that. Like, you don't, do you really need it? They they talk about how the one plane they thought they shot down, but it didn't get shot down, and they couldn't recall it because the radio. They weren't answering the radio or whatever. Like, like if you take out all that, that plane stuff is fucking like a, a test pattern, like a flat fucking heartbeat, like. Well, it, it like doesn't. Nothing goes it doesn't on. fit. There's no comedy in it except for the very end when Slim rides the nuke down. It no does add that tension, though. It does, but but then I quite I don't know. Like it's a little bit disjointed then because you have two heavy comedic scenes with one more serious scene. I I don't know. It does. It's disjointed. Is that intentionally good? I I kind of don't love the stuff on the airplane either. There's a few key pieces of information that you need. To show that they're challenged, they're losing control of their systems, blah blah you blah. Could, that's where you could have done most of the cutting. Maybe just cut that down to just the bare essentials of what you need to see. But then, what do you have left? Is my question. Like, you can't. I don't know, th- man. That this would be like an hour long. If I would, if I would have edited this, it'd probably been in a fucking hour long episode of a fucking that you really. I don't know. Like you put pro in the theater still, but 
like more so in order to change it you have to shorten the long extended comedic scenes you have to tighten those up then you're going to cut more time off this movie so that means you need additional scenes in each of these two major locations to go down like i kind of mm. like when mandrake is getting beaky with the american officer that shows up because that guy doesn't oh, believe like what's going stuff on is okay it's like that's yeah, interesting that. so i don't know like how you introduce new characters especially in the war room i mean there were so many guys in the war room but it all came down to the really only four of them so when he shot the pop machine and the pop machine sprayed him in the face Brent like laughed out loud and I lost a little bit of respect for him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just so hey, frustrated. Fuck you, man. How, I think he, I think he was just so frustrated with how boring the movie was that he was just glad that there was some levity. Look, <laughs> I'm, com- I'm comfortable enough in my skin that I can laugh at a stupid thing. <laughs> Look, that's Prince, that's Prince Jam, man. Poop and I'm the guy that so said rush hour holds up. Yeah, I fucking like stupid shit. Well, that's if true, it's that's stupidly true. funny, come on, man. Yeah, um, and then and then me and Brent like actually went into debate about how that wouldn't work, and then Brent convinced me that it would because he's like the pop. Those those Colin like, those thinks there's like ten pop that go right behind the fucking drop shot. No, no, you were right. You convinced me, but it's like those are carbonated. That would shoot out of the gun hole, and I was like, oh, you're right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fine, it gets a pass. <laughs> Wait, it's my job to do gun realism. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm pop okay, machine so, realism. The gun was not in debate. Okay, so John, the, com- that, the combat. No, it, 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 Brent's right. It would go out the hole. Um, <laughs> the, the combat scenes in this look like they were shot by a different film unit. Oh yeah. Like that. That's wow. that's the tough thing about having a heavy indoor set movie, like and big set pieces. Like I think you can tell in the war room they shot a lot of those scenes with like everyone sitting around the table. I actually think that's the case so much so um, in the early scenes when you see Doctor Strangelove at the table in the background, they never focus on him, but he's there if you look hard. It's not Peter Sellers, and I think that's because he was playing the president primarily in that scene, sitting even off camera for when they're focusing on George C. Scott. Um, so I think when you're in those kinds of tight, tight knit rooms like these, like set pieces, play pieces, when you do end up going outside and have more motion and action and things like that, it, um, it stands out a bit more like all the outdoor combat stuff stood. I don't know where they got that footage. If that was like training footage or something like that. Um, the action itself wasn't that bad. Um, lots of heavy suppressing fire and opening up on guys driving up the road. It was kind of madness. So not knocking it too hard, but it did look quite different. Yeah, and I think there, I mean, there could have been a second unit that shot that, but the way Stanley works, I'm assuming you would have probably been involved with that. I don't know, but you're right, it does feel like a different movie. Mm. That's what it, it felt like to me is a different movie. Mm. Mm. That all that gun, it just didn't seem, this totally, this movie seems a bit all over the place. A little, a little bit to me. Did you guys know the, and, do, the Doomsday device is like a real thing? Based on a real thing, yeah. And, like, could I, I, potentially still exist today and that they would have a device that would do, like, thermal, seismic, and radioactive testing. Like, just, I guess, I don't know how, exactly how, but those three things, and if the conditions are right, it's like, trigger this doomsday device and we'll fuck everybody up. Craziness. Well, but did it explain how it works? Because they did in the movie a little bit. Yeah, I think they just, they, it's basically a giant dirty bomb. Oh, okay. So, well, and then, but it would wipe out the whole planet, though. 
Well, yeah, it would create conditions that would not be conducive to human life. Yeah, it would send up a cloud of radioactive material that would encompass the Earth. It'd be hmm. bad for like a hundred years. That does not sound good. And the Russians have it? Yeah, <laughs> and still do, maybe, probably. The Rashkis, eh? Yeah. As Mut- they would say in this movie. Mutually assured destruction was a real thing. Well, it was funny. The one joke that I laughed out aloud the second time, because I don't, I don't, wasn't sure if I remembered it, was when uh, he said, the one guy looks at him after he explains it and said, yeah, the whole point, though, is you tell everybody you have it so no one launches shit at you. And he's like, well, we were going to announce it in six weeks at the blah, 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 blah thing. And yeah. he's like, oh. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Yeah, that it was. He was like, yeah, you're supposed to tell us, you idiot. Otherwise, we're going to shoot rockets at you. <laughs> That was funny. And you know, I'm, I'm glad um, the best way to end a, a big war room discussion of nuclear war is with a pie fight. Yes. Which, yeah. yeah, see, you could have put the pie fight back in if you would have edited out all the other shit. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. there, is, there is footage of the pie fight yeah. on YouTube, I believe. Um, you can watch them, the, the missing footage. Yeah, really weird. Um, I don't know why there's so many pies in the war room. There were a lot there at that table. Yeah, at the, the what do they call it? The catering table. The catering the craft, table craft looked table. fucking amazing. The craft table, uh, well, craft services is movies, but yeah, that the, the table looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. Lots of good foods on there, and the fucking Russian prime minister was like, I think they got him some Cuban cigars or something. Are the ambassador got him some Cuban cigars? He requested. Yeah. yeah. Thought that was pretty crazy. Like so, and another thing, maybe that I don't know. I might start calling it if you guys are, are okay. I'm happy to hear more praises. Yeah, yeah, but just just the other trivia I wanted to mention. If you guys have never seen this movie, have either of you guys seen Patton? No, I I've not seen Patton. I had seen this. So Patton. George C. Scott, who is who is who you said Brent was like your favorite actor in this or your favorite character, he plays Patton. He won the Academy Award for Patton in 1970. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember Patton went out from watching when I was younger, and it was it was amazing. So uh, that might be something we want to look at down the road. Yeah, because like ma- he he's an amazing actor. The Twelve Angry Men, he's in that too. Yeah, that's right. The original, and then the remake. That I haven't seen the original. The remake, which has Tony Danza. That's all I no. remember. Yes, the remake has Tony Danza as the the guy who wants to get out to the baseball game. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember who plays all the roles in it, but there is like a more modern remake, and I just I want to watch it, but I haven't been able to find it for years. So Tony Danza. Yeah, I'm Tony Danza. Who's the boss? will be back in a moment. Stick around. Hmm. <laughs> that's um, good. Uh, that's a good impression. That's not bad. Not the worst. Um. Yeah, the uh, even the ending of this movie where um, they have the bomb going off, the nuclear explosions going off to to will meet again. It's just I, pe- I do love that. Song. I, I know, and and like it should be shocking, and there should be like all oh, look, it's the crazy nuclear destruction with this kind of like beautiful foreboding or th- th- this I don't know emotion emotionful song. I don't know what the right describer of it is, but. Um, but now I've seen it so many times. You grow up with that. They're always like music makes movies. We understand this now more than ever. And yeah. there's like no music in this movie, is there? Other than the end. 
Like there's never there's like mood that, music. It's all well. There's that. Yeah, there's that shit which I hate. And I don't know if that was made for this movie. That that could that song we've all heard a million times. marching in. Yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, ants come marching in. Jesus. So that must have been pre this. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, this was a, a, a unfortunately disappointing one for me this time. Um, like I still loved the characters, and uh, you can't, you just can't get enough of Peter Sellers. That guy is like crazy, ridiculously talented to watch him do this many roles. And if he had done the captain role, it it might have been a bit much, but I I think he could have pulled it off because he would have had something else for it. This he's a real special actor that not a lot of people got the best exposure to. I don't think. Um, yeah, maybe he would have. Uh, there's a great movie I would encourage you guys to both watch. That was an HBO movie called The Life and Death of Peter Sellers, and he's played by Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush. Rush. Yeah, that's why that's a great film. But it's not on. I can't find it on HBO Max, and I can't. You can't buy it. So sadly, it's like missing in action on digital. But I it's a great movie, and it. Okay, well, let's find it because I really want to watch it again. Nice. But anyways. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, like, ultimately this one was was disappointing, though, because, yeah, the pacing and those long, drawn-out scenes where they were, I think, trying to go for something, just that extra level of funny, you know, you, you wait, you do something for so long where it's funny, then not funny, then funny again. It just never gets back to the funny again in some of the scenes. And so, for that reason, it, it makes it seem like there's not a ton of story here, and even though the characters are good, they can't. They can't keep me going. If a ninety-minute movie feels long, then it's got some got some problems, and it's sad. Um, but I wouldn't even say like that. This is one of Kubrick's like masterfully directed movies either. Um, in terms of like look and feel, like Shining is so much better than this, and Two Thousand One yeah. as well, for that matter. So I mean, I don't know. There's just not a lot here for me to come back on. I would have like told you ten years ago that I love this movie, but I think likely i didn't think things through and let the weight of hearing all oh my god it's a masterpiece this movie it's so great you know i'm sorry it's had its time for sure and i i can see how it's influenced things and and the risks maybe it took i don't know i can appreciate a lot about it just for me it doesn't hold up so i'm sad yeah i agree brent can i go yeah yeah tell him no don't let him he's gonna shit talk it no <laughs> I I I I know that all, all I think all three of us said the shining didn't hold up, right? Correct. I do agree with you about the directing of shining. I think the the directing in shining's the shining is amazing like a lot of the time. The uh, is not are none of Kubrick's movies going to hold up. Like we got to do I guess we're going to have to do Clockwork Orange cuz that's my favorite. That in 2001, yeah, I think the well, 2001, I've never been a huge... I, I mean, visually, I was a fan, but I, I was never really a fan of the existential, weird story. But, but I mean, we could do that one, too. I mean, we kind of have to do that one if we're going to do I, Kubrick I think we'll movies. do all of Kubrick's. So we got to do... Uh, yeah. What, but anyways, yeah, this doesn't hold up, and it's... Shot. Yeah, we should do that and one, too. And the war one. Um, uh, Full Metal, Metal jacket. jacket. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's four or five we've got to do. This this movie does feel too long. I still did enjoy watching the performances enough that I watched a second time because I really enjoy watching Peter Sellers. There's just these... You see these little glimpses of genius in his scenes. And if you would have edited it around those glimpses of genius, you could have had a great movie. 
A short movie, <laughs> albeit, but a great movie. But they don't do that. They let him go on too long. The scenes start to trail off and, and repeat themselves or become nonsensical. Um, you know, just like, fuck. And I do, Brent's right. Actually, surprisingly, I think George C. Scott might might be the highlight of this movie. Like, for a comedy, I think he was the funniest thing in the movie. Uh, Peter Sellers had his moments, but, but George C. Scott, I was smiling whenever he was on camera. Whatever he was doing, I wanted to see more of him. Less is more, so they never showed so much of him that I got sick of him. Whereas when it came to uh, the president or it came to uh, Mandrake, I did kind of be like, okay, let's move on. I'm done with this. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't hold up, sadly. Uh, isn't that fucking stupid? Yeah, this movie? Brent, what about you? Glimmer of hope. Come on. <sighs> You've never saw it before, man. This is your first time. Yeah. <laughs> see, Sorry. see, is there any is there that. any pressure on you, Brent, for, before you give your decision around like the stigma that surrounds this movie? Like, oh, yeah, big cool. time. So it's hard, right? Big time. Because in my head right now, and I don't know why you guys don't get this, but in my head, as we're coming up to this moment, I get anxiety because in my head is the voice of a thousand movie nerds, like <laughs> screaming at the fucking screen or at the whatever their phone whatever they're listening to this shit at at the at the possibility that this movie would be a three-way not hold up yeah um so 100 percent. i'm i fuck man it feels so dirty to say that this movie has got like a really good rating it's super well regarded throughout time and history the thing is is that it's a big product of its time mm. um and, and I said this to Colin when we watched it. Um, I feel so sad that I just saw this for the first time because I remember most of my life this being a very popular movie, even amongst you guys talking about it very fondly. And so I'd always wanted to see it. So I feel like I missed out on enjoying this movie. Mm. Um, That's actually an interesting way of putting it. That is it. a very interesting way of putting it because I would have been toting its praises a decade ago. It had been a yeah, long even, time well, since I had seen this movie. Well, probably two, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. But, I mean, like, our tastes change, but also so does our um, knowledge, right? Yeah. And, and our experience with these movies. So things that might have seemed like they were back in the day, and maybe like you were saying, John, maybe when we were 20 and watching this movie... Maybe that's the time. Well, but also because understanding <laughs> that this movie is like one of the classics, right? So you yeah. go in, especially at that time, and you're like, this is one of the classics. What do I know? I'm fucking 20. This is a great movie. And you appreciate a lot of the parts of it. But when you watch it as a whole later and you try to break it down, I mean, it, it doesn't hold up. The movie's got a lot of strength. And I think if you cut a lot of this stuff shorter... Um, and just allowed this movie to clip along. I think it's as long as it is because it needs to be to fill that hour and a half. Yeah. I don't think they would have made it shorter. I agree. With I think you, if I they would have been brave enough to, I think this movie could be really good. Like this movie is not a Humpty Dumpty. Um, I think you just cut some of this down, make some of this stuff like expedite the scenes 
and this movie's great. You clip along. Yeah, maybe you could have made it like 210 or 215 or something. Dude, even those slow plane scenes, like you cut those down just to show that tension, just to show those moments that you need to to kind of um, juxtapose the kind of crazy humor that you're getting on the other side. And it's not even that slapsticky a humor. Like George C. Scott is is big. His performance is big, and he's like obviously this fucking hilarious idiot. But the only real slapsticky character is Doctor Strangelove, right? Yeah, that's how I feel. As, yeah. Aside from Jack Ripper's ideas with the He flute. does do a flip. George C. Scott does I- a flip. That's the one the and, one over the top well, slapsticky that stands And out. his ideas of killing everybody and that they shoot their missiles and and he was enthusiastic that only maybe 20 or 30 million people would die. He's like, only 20 or 30 million people will die in that space. <laughs> and he was so excited about that idea. Yeah. And it was the, the best was like, scenario, right? Are you mad? That was that was really funny. He's, he's great in this. He's totally great. He's totally great. So I think that this movie could have been, I think it has a bunch of really good strengths. I just think as a whole, as a, as a, if you're looking at it as a body of work, then it's not there. I think the interesting thing, that most interesting thing I learned in this podcast today is I love what you said, Brent, about maybe you could have enjoyed this. And uh, the idea was is that when you are younger and stuff, you do you aren't as confident in your personal opinion of things. So like you you do take more weight in in like music and movies and stuff like that because. You think, well, you know, what do I know? Like you said, like all of these other people, like, you know, Roger Ebert or whoever said this is like the greatest movie of all time. It must be. But like once you start to feel more comfortable in your own skin and confident, you can just go, you know what? This isn't that good. And uh, <laughs> this is not that good. And and it's upsetting. But uh, but yeah, that's it's interesting how uh, it's it's really just about lack of confidence in yourself and your own opinions. So you kind of just like you keep your mouth shut and you just like kind of in, like you said, enjoy the parts that are good and then you move on. But Jesus, think about it. For those of you keeping score, Ace Ventura, hold up. <laughs> Dr. Strangelove, not hold up. That's 100 percent. You may want to tune out of this podcast moving forward. I'll also the analysis is getting weird. Since since we can't do this on hold up, me and the first good movie I've seen that was made in 2020, the whole fucking year, and I haven't seen them all, but the first movie I saw that I thought was good was Freaky with Vince Vaughn, and it's a body swap movie. It's like a, it was, it's a Freaky Friday movie, like the old Disney, it's, but it's a horror, like a slasher movie. But not even that gross a slasher. It's on more on the comedic than on the other side. It's fucking the tits. It's great. It's and amazing. He, and it's, he switches it, bodies with a with a high school teenager, girl, right? yeah, with a nerdy high. And Vince Vaughn leans into it. Yeah. He he it, commits it, to the so role good. so well that he sells the movie. And that movie is one of the best movies I've seen. Like that ca- that came out in 2020. That was made for to be released in 2020. I don't think I saw anything good in 2020. Uh, Nothing. Pa- uh, Palm Springs, but you didn't just see it till recently. But that movie with Andy oh Sandberg, right, Palm Springs it's was on good Amazon too. right now for our fans in Canada or not? Yeah, it's on Prime. It. Oh wait, is, that, an the, Andy, is that the Andy Samberg? Yeah, Palm yes, Springs. And it's Watch fucking it, man. great, Brent. Is it? It's, it's oh, a hard, fucking ten, great. hard ten. Good news because I love Andy Samberg. Yeah, 
I think you should so watch it, man. Yeah. And Andy Samberg does not play plays it straight. He does. He, it's kind of like his role where he doesn't than play fiction. himself. Yeah, it's like his Stranger Than Fiction. He, yes, ah. thank you, John. It's his Stranger Than Fiction. This is Andy Samberg playing a role of a character. He's not like his. He's not doing he, his he, weird. He shit. does some of it, but it's it's definitely tamed and it works so well. Yeah, Perfectly he does it when cast. it's appropriate instead of doing it the whole time. Yeah, that's good. And on oh, Disney, yeah. new movie out, out, Soul. Check out Soul, because that's an okay, excellent Soul movie. Okay, Soul I haven't good. seen yet, but I've heard that that one so is good. So we're establishing these movies so that in 10 years when we come back to review these, we'll have like, <laughs> yes. oh, listen to what you said, fuckstick. Soul sucks. It's too <laughs> animated. The animation's garbage. No, really, <laughs> it's not the case. Animation's garbage. Excellent flicks. All right, well, a sad day for us all, for movie lovers alike, and what we have discovered and confirmed is that we are crotchety old fucks. Who are confident in yeah. their ability to say, I don't yeah. like it. I don't like Put it. Put some hard candy on there. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Bad Santa holds up. And what's another one that doesn't yes. hold up? Uh, Bad Santa, though, is fucking, I Star think. Star Wars. Bad Santa is fucking Star bulletproof. Wars. Yeah. Star Bad Wars Santa holds hold up. up. Star Santa Wars. Hold up. Yeah. Star Wars New Hope does not hold up. Bad Santa does. Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman hold holds up. up. Holds up. Titanic. Empire Strikes Back does Star not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? It's not our fault. I used to, I used to love and covet the New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Yep. I would have defended those movies to anyone. Yep. But now it's the same know. reason. It's it was. It's not cool to rip against them. What are you going to yeah. do? What are you going to do? Well, I don't think we ripped too hard except for we tore it apart. Anyway, uh, <laughs> go listen to those episodes and see what we mean. Start with the Star Wars one too because there's some. Oh, so I was going to say just quickly, right. when Brent was saying the movie nerds um, will be like, how dare you say that? My brother called me after he listened to the Shining episode and wrote me a new one saying that Shining was genius and Stanley Kubrick was genius and that I was wrong and that Brent was wrong and that John, you're an asshole. <laughs> And he said all these mean things, and, and he, he was repeating the things we said. Fuck you, Keith. And then I just said to Keith, <laughs> I just said to Keith, I said, Keith, I said, Keith, just watch it. Just go and watch it after you listen to no, the podcast. No, you meant watch he, it. Watch your mouth, right? Yeah, oh, watch no, your I, mouth. And so anyways, he, he, uh, two days later, he called me, and he was like, yeah, you guys are right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the same thing happened with John's cousin, but it was about something about Mary. He was like, oh, no guys, way. He was like, you guys are fucking wrong, man. He stopped me in a restaurant. You guys are fucking wrong, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Changing yeah. minds all over the world. Yeah, so before not, you not make Ryan. your decision, not Ryan's mind, no. before you make your decision, watch listen if you've listened to the podcast and you're mad, watch Doctor Strange Love and then then decide. Yeah. Yeah, but Just don't smoke it. a joint before you do it, because it's long and that'll make you seem less bored. <laughs> Wiser words have never been spoken. <laughs> All right. That's it. All right. All right. Well, sad day. Maybe we'll pick it up. We got some other '60s movies coming over the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for those. And thanks for listening. And as always, everyone, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. 
Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.